Good morning. In the last entry, we began a discussion about the benefits of Torah and Mitzvahs, how great each one is in its own way, and how special they both are. Today we'll take that a step further by analyzing a statement the Gemara makes that seems to give precedence to Mitzvahs over Torah. But before we get there, and before we understand how Mitzvahs takes that precedence, or what even that precedence means, let's discuss what Mitzvahs and Torah really are. So Mitzvahs are pretty simple and straightforward. We do what Hashem wants. And we know Hashem wants us to do something, we do it. Even when we have our own agenda and our own interests and passions, we put our own we put our own interests and desires aside and do what Hashem asks us to do. We do it because Hashem wants us to do it, not because we want to do it. In fact, the more we have our own interests in doing that same mitzvah, the more we do it for our own personal benefit, the more excitement we have for our own personal excitement that we mix into that mitzvah, the, more we, the further we stray from the original goal of doing that mitzvah, because we are to do the mitzvah simply because Hashem said so. And if we take enjoyment in doing that mitzvah, we're straying from that original goal or from that um, primal reason for that mitzvah, which is Hashem said so. Now, Torah, on the other hand, gives us all the reasons for those mitzvahs, or at least many of the mitzvahs. Torah helps us understand the, the, the greatness of a mitzvah. It explains to us why the mitzvah is important. And the more a person understands why he's doing something, the more personal benefit he takes out of doing it, the more pleasure he takes from it, the more he the more he's driven towards doing it because he understands it and he likes it. He, he then starts liking it and he gets excited about it. So Torah really is the life behind the mitzvah. But on the other hand, mitzvah itself, the poor mitzvah, is the pure mitzvah is the desire of Hashem. So Torah is the intelligence that gives the life to the mitzvah, while mitzvah is the dry push to do exactly what Hashem wants us to do. They're not exactly opposites, they work in tandem, but each one works in its own way. So if we are to understand the benefits of Torah or the benefits of mitzvahs, we can take a look at our own uh, anatomy, because we were created in the image of Hashem, and then try to understand our own desires and our own intelligence to see where they each start from and where they're sourced. Now, the statement the Gemara makes is, which means if a person is commanded to do a mitzvah, the reward he gets for doing that mitzvah is greater than the one who does the same mitzvah without being commanded to do so. The pure fact that it is a command of Hashem to do it gives it precedence, even though we're both doing it for the same reason. And we both understand the benefit of doing this mitzvah. We both understand the greatness of this mitzvah. If I was commanded to do it and you were not commanded to do it, then my reward would be greater. That tells us that the fact that it is a mitzvah is greater um, takes precedence over the fact that there is a reason for it. The reasons which are given in Torah are not as great as the pure fact that it is the desire of Hashem, which is the mitzvah itself. So somehow it is obvious that the desires of Hashem here at least as far as the performance of mitzvahs, takes precedence over the reasons that are explained in the Torah, which means the desires of Hashem seem to come from a higher place than the intelligence of Hashem, the intelligence that Hashem shares with us, or the Torah. Um, and if that's the case, looking at our own anatomy, we can see something like that, because although usually our desires are, are they come from reasons, in other words, we have reasons for why we want what we want, which um, would seem to imply that the, the first step in the um, and the, in the reaction is intelligence, and desire comes lower down on a lower rung. But there are times where desire is clearly without reason. Sometimes we get stuck in our ways, um, and we take a position, which even we ourselves come to the realization that there is no reason anymore for that position. But we're stuck and are stubborn in, in that position, and, and we don't give in, we don't give up, and we continue um, wanting and insisting that what we wanted was right. Um, at that point, there's no more intelligence, no more reason behind the desire, which, which is a position which 
shows that desire does not need to rely on uh, intelligence or, or logic in order to exist. That seems to imply that desire is stored deeper inside us. But that doesn't do justice to the intelligence itself, because if we take a look at where intelligence starts, it's also quite a complicated journey. Now, of course, reason itself is a thought that comes up in our brain, and we're very familiar with it. But let's take a deeper look at where reason comes from, because if a person is um, thinking about something, trying to figure something out, trying to look for reasons or something, what he's trying to really do, what's happening inside him at that moment, is that he's drawing on energy that is sourced deeper inside him. There is the thinking patterns or the um, ways that he, the ways that his thoughts develop, and he's pulling, pulling energy out of his brain, pulling energy lower into the thinking process. Um, that energy comes from somewhere. It's there's there's brain material or not actual physical material, but brain energy that is uh, closer towards his soul that he has to draw on, that he has to pull on, and depending on what kind of uh, character or anatomy that thinking pattern that thinking energy will have that his soul will have those thinking patterns will also will also mirror that kind of that kind of the anatomy that he has so if he has certain thinking patterns it'll be hard to change them and he'll have certain t tendencies in his thought patterns and there are certain ways that he'll be able to certain ways that he'll think that are different than the ways other people think because of the kind of character that he has, because of the kind of person he has. So his thinking material, his thinking patterns do draw up, do explain to us and define the very character that he has. Depending on who he is, those are the way the thinking patterns will have, and on the other, it, it goes both ways. Depending on the thinking patterns he has, that sort of describes to us the very character that he is, the very, it tells us exactly what kind of person he is. So we see thinking also comes from deep inside the soul. So both of these, both desires and thinking, both source very, very high above, um, or high high above, um, well, they're sourced deep inside us, which means as we are a mirror of Hashem, they're sourced in, in talking about the way the anatomy of the, the spiritual composition of Hashem is, both desire, Ratzain, and Chachma, which is Tera, the thought patterns, are sourced very, very high levels, and they're both equally high. So we're back to our original question. What is it about the one who is commanded to have, and he has a mitzvah that stands above and takes precedence over the one who doesn't have the mitzvah but just does it for the same reasons? To answer this question, let's take a look at how the energy of the soul really does rest over the human being, um, where we feel that energy and how it comes to pass, how we how that that the character of the soul gets expressed through a person. And really there are two ways how he does that. One is in the faculties that we have, such as the eye or the brain and so on. Um, so let's say we're talking about the energy that the soul has of seeing, the faculty of seeing. That energy is specifically tailored towards the eye. If that energy were to rest on the ear, it wouldn't match up well. And the reason for that is because the eye, the physical makeup of the eye, the composition of the eye, has certain, certain um, the character of that physical makeup is very well tailored to receive the energy of that faculty that the soul has to share with it. Um, and the ear does not match up to that energy very well, even though it's a physical thing, but there are the, the, the makeup of the eye is specifically tailored to accept that spiritual energy. So they match up really well, and that mirrors all our faculties. It's the same for speech, um, the same idea that is, um, but we'll get to that in a second. The other way the soul is expressed in the soul and, and the person gets to be known is in something very different in the faculties of, our, of the human being, which is the clothing that he wears. 
and you take a look at a, pers a person's clothing dressed up in the way he is, you are seeing the whole person. Now, if you look at a person's, if you analyze a person's eye, you really don't get any information about him. Same for his ear, same for the different faculties. You really don't know who the person's real self is. But when you take a look at a person dressed up in the clothing, you see the real person. Now, that's very unfair because the clothing doesn't describe who he is. In fact, the clothing is a foreign substance which doesn't describe anything about the human being himself. But when you look at, look at the person inside the clothing, you have the whole him, as opposed to the, the other form of, uh, tra of energy travel, which is how the, um, the, energy of Hashem, uh, the energy of the soul travels down into the eye or into the air and so on, which you get a very, very little understanding about the real essence of the person. But... It is the real. It is the real essence flowing there. It is the real person. You don't see it. You don't know it, but you do do have a, a flow from the real source of the soul. And the reason for that is exactly it, the 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 explanation for that is because you can't really understand the essence of the person in different details. The essence of the person always stays whole. So if you look at one flow of energy from the essence, which matches up well to one faculty, you'll never be able to get the essence. But yet, when you look at the whole person as one, dressed up in his clothing, you can get the whole essence. But that's specifically because the clothing that match up to that essence aren't taking away from that essence. In fact, they're they're not even related to that essence. They're <clears throat> a separate substance. If they were matching up to the essence in any way, then the flow of energy that came from the essence would only be that one specific flow. But now that we're looking at something which is a foreign substance, it's not interrupting who the essence of the person is. And we can see the whole essence at once. We could take them all in at the same time. So going back to the first form, of the first flow, that's why speech matches up with intelligence very, very well. Because, <clears throat> because you're taking pieces of the, <clears throat> excuse me, you're taking pieces of the, of the thought and putting them into different words. You have a bunch of separate details and each thought point or each thought letter <clears throat> excuse me, matches up to that one word. And when you take the whole accumulation of words, a whole accumulation of thought details, and put them together, it's the togetherness that gives you the thought, the, the whole thought together. It's not each detail. <clears throat> the details on their own will give you nothing about the thought. And in fact, we can take this a step further and say that when you get to know a person through hearing him speak, you the more you get to know, the more you get to know the thoughts that are each shared, you don't really get to know the... <clears throat> The person, unless you get to know all, so many of these separate different thoughts which have no connection to each other, because it, is the, because it is the accumulation of the whole being of all these thoughts together that give you an understanding what lies between the thoughts, what reads between the lines. Who is the real person is not in the details of the thoughts or the detailed thoughts that he shared, but it is in the accumulation of the whole being together, which wasn't in any of those one thought at a time. It's the whole being together which can be read between the lines. On the other hand, the clothing or the one person which was seen tells you nothing about the real essence. It just gets you, gives you a whole picture of the whole essence at once, but you don't get to know who he is. And the, as opposed to words, what sometimes where we get an understanding of that is when a person sort of um, does emotion such as a wink or um, something with his hands, which, with like a wave or something, where you're not really getting any words, you're not really getting to know him at all, but somehow you get to know him and his character a lot deeper than you were if you were to hear a whole explanation about a thought from him. Um, that brings us back to Torah Mitzvah. So Torah are the thoughts that Hashem is sharing, but they're so detailed and they're so processed by the time they get to us that they're one little step at a time, as opposed to Mitzvahs, which is like the wink that a person gives you, or the smile, or the sharing of, of some of some action that he did, which 
which doesn't express any of who he is, but somehow hidden inside that you can get to know the person's character so much more than listening to the details that he shared or the speech that he made or the one thought that he shared with you. So while Torah does share so much more of what Hashem is because it's the actual flow of Hashem's energy, the mitzvah, because it doesn't give you much, it doesn't. you don't see the excitement of what Hashem really is inside the mitzvah. You don't get any of the of the flow from Hashem. You don't appreciate, you don't have any appreciation for um, who Hashem is or what Hashem is. It's hidden inside the performance of the mitzvah. But that performance of the mitzvah itself is like the wink or the smile. It's the it's the deep character that's expressed all at once, like hidden inside the clothing. And that gives us an understanding for why mitzvahs are so different than Chachma of the Torah. So while Torah does give you who Hashem is, but it does it in such a way where it's all dressed up and all hidden, um, as opposed to mitzvahs, when you perform a mitzvah, you have Hashem himself inside that performance, inside the mitzvah you're doing. You're actually taking Hashem's character itself, um, and, and that's an unbelievable thing.